If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is presented by Mountain Tough and Yeti. I partnered with Mountain Tough because a lot of the tactics and hunt styles I talk about in this podcast require you to be in the best physical shape you can. Their app is designed for hunters to get you ready for the backcountry or any hunt you have planned this fall. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine, and they make some of the toughest products out there that are built to last and they're built for the wild. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. So this week, we're going to take a look at a few late spring bear hunting strategies and really focusing in on hunting bears in the end of May and throughout June. There's still a few places the spring season's open that time, and later spring can be a very productive time to hunt if you know where to focus your attention. Now, while that early spring has its advantages, knowing what to look for later in the season can definitely boost your success and help you get into range on a buzzer beater bear. But before we do that, I want to share the story of a bow range black bear that was looking for some baby deer steak. So this hunt takes place, I'd say the end of the first week in June, and that's actually probably one of my preferred times to hunt. I don't know if it's necessarily the best time to hunt, but it's just the time that I always have set aside. So because of that, I find myself out there and have picked up a few tactics that I really have found a lot of success with. And so in this particular hunt, I have this area that I'd found where it was kind of like recently burned. So the burn was more of a patchwork type burn. So it burned out some area that was like pretty clear burned out. So you could see into it pretty good. Then there's a few meadows around. And then it also, there's patches that didn't burn, but maybe burned some of the underbrush. And what had happened was because of that, like all this green grass started popping up and it was just, it looked pretty lush, a lot of nutrients. And what that did is it started to attract elk and deer that would be calving or fawning. This particular spot, primarily, I started noticing a lot of mule deer in it, especially because I like to hunt mule deer. I figured, well, I'll go hunt mule, I'll go hunt bears in an area where there's, you know, potential mule deer fawns, because if I'm going to hunt a bear, I might as well find one that's taking, you know, excess fawns or taking the fawns in an area that the mule deer population could probably benefit from a little bit of predator management. So that's kind of my philosophy. And, and so I focused in on this area. So on this particular day, I started at the top and there's these, these long finger ridges and I'm kind of hunting the edge of that burn. I'd actually found the spot by glassing at long distance and seeing all the deer in there. So I decided to go kind of hunt some of those more timbered patches that I couldn't see into. There's a few of that like little bit of burn stuff so on the edges so i'm kind of just hunting that fringe habitat and so i'm moving down and there's this doe i spot this doe and she's just acting kind of like weird she's just standing there and she just looks i mean i'm a little ways away but she just looked out of it you know i was like there's something wrong like she looked sick or something was wrong 
So I start moving down. And at this point, the wind, I don't even, like, I feel like this deer should have run away. And she was just still kind of standing there staring in this downward direction. And I'm looking at, I guess it would be her right side. So I move around. I'm just, like, looking in here, seeing, like, maybe she sees a bear. Maybe there's something in here. So I'm looking, and I don't see anything. And I get pretty close to the deer. And she turns around, like, she turns up my direction to look my way. And I see that she's got, like, this chunk pulled out of her neck on the other side that I didn't see before. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if she got in a tussle with some kind of large predator. So I continue working down the ridge thinking, oh, maybe there's a, maybe something in here. And I start working down the ridge. And maybe 300 yards down the ridge, here's a fawn that had just been, like, just pieces of a fawn. So... A bear had clearly grabbed the fawn. I'm assuming that the doe had probably tried to rush in to do something. And then the bear got on the doe, and then she moved off, and fawn was gone. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, there's a bear in here that definitely loves munching on baby deers. So I decided to just kind of continue to hunt this particular spot. So I work in and start looking around for sign. I could see that particular, I thought it was, I don't know if she was just going back, like looking for a fawn or what was going on because the wound didn't look super fresh. And that kill was probably three days old based on my assumption of just how it was cleaned up. And I, it wouldn't take a bear. It doesn't take a bear very long to eat a deer, but it just looked like it'd been picked through for a little while. Um, and so I was looking around and the sign, the bear sign, was pretty fresh but not super fresh so i continued down and i find this little pocket and in that pocket there's a ton of bear sign so I'm like okay i'm gonna just kind of keep focusing on these ridges and i kind of have to still hunt this i'm seeing a few other deer in the area and they're definitely keyed in like a bear is definitely in my assumption been cruising through here a lot so the next day i go back in there and i'm, I'm going down the ridge well, one ridge over actually and cruising through the timber just still hunting i've got the wind in my face and i see a big bear and i'm like oh this is perfect i've got my bow because uh, it's just like such close country i figured yeah, i might as well just be bow hunting so i i'm planning i'm like okay i'm gonna make a stock and the bear starts moving off so i'm gonna try to cut him off so i start moving down the ridge above him and the, it was a big bear and he just kind of disappeared like he got onto this next ridge and he was just cruising. So I figured, all right, well, I'll come back the next day. I, I kept hunting in there, but I didn't want to really blow my scent out either. And I just kind of kept working around and never turned him back up. So I did the exact same thing the next day. So I'm going down. I'm about near the same spot where I spotted that bear and I spot a bear. And it wasn't the same bear as the day before. It was just a different bear. So I don't know if maybe a sow had been moving through in that area. Maybe there was a hot sow in there. This is a, a different boar. The, the one before was like a, a dark black with a brown muzzle. And this one was pretty close to the same size, just more of a cinnamon light-backed colored bear. So I'm like, oh, sweet. And now this bear is feeding on something, which I'm assuming is pieces of baby deer. So I see the deer, the bear, and he's feeding, and then he, and he starts to move off, and he goes and just kind of sits down, and he's just looking around. And so I, I start to stalk in. I drop, I drop my pack, took off my shoes, and start creeping in because it was a little bit loud in there. and creeping in, ranging. Like, he was about 90 yards when I started. 
and just using the trees to block his eyes. And as he moves, I'm just moving over, using different trees to get in close. The wind's good, but I, it just sounds like everything is just so loud. It's one of those days where you feel like you snap a twig and the bear's just going to run off. And he's looking around. He's fairly alert. Um, but I was just able to kind of get things blocked in the – he was now on the edge of the burn, so it was a little bit more open. And I started to lose cover, but there's this one little pine tree – in between me and him and he happened to stop there and start look he was looking downhill the other direction so i got that tree in between me and him and figured okay i'm going to get to that tree i snuck into the tree and he's sitting there and i'm waiting and i've got no shot because he's, he's got like his back to me and it's just not a very good shot so he gets up and starts to like look around and i can tell i'm like anticipating him move so i draw back he's i think 45 or 50 yards settle in the pin and as he starts to wheel around i make a noise and he just stops and doesn't look right at me he's like actually looking uh, i guess the sound kind of got thrown but it stopped him perfect pretty much a broadside slightly quartered away shot settled the pin in released the arrow hit the bear just ran off and i could tell I, i watched him go down and then tumble down and he just expired really quick uh, went down is pretty it was a pretty good bear uh, it was actually like i called him the hot dog bear just super long not real fat i don't know he he was like probably on the on the move i feel like it was a bear that maybe been chasing a sow and maybe kind of given up on feeding as much as some of the other bears but um yeah good bear and uh got them all quartered up packed the meat out packed the hide out and pretty pretty stoked to take a bear in country where they were just picking up fawns left and right when it comes to targeting bears you really have to know what they like and then focus on those things that they like and that just increases your chance of running into them where they are right and as the season changes the things that they like change as well so there's a few things that i focus on later in the spring season that i may not really consider earlier in the season so what we're going to look at is those few things that I really think are really important to key in on, especially when you're hunting that late spring. So we're going to cover their food. We're going to kind of talk a little bit about wallowing habits. Then also something to mention would be that rutting activity. And then also the time of day to be out looking or the time of day that they might be moving. So let's first look at food. When it comes to bear hunting, bears are all about food. It doesn't matter the time of year. They're just primarily focused on food and so identifying that key food source is how you're going to be able to identify the places to narrow down to look for bears one of the things that i mentioned well earlier in the story is the fact that i really like to hunt later in the spring for me because i can hunt in areas that i might even hunt later on in the year but i can target a food source that i feel like is um valuable to me which is elk and deer fawns and calves as the spring season progresses deer and elk start dropping their calves and that's just essentially an easy picking buffet for bears they can smell really well it takes nothing for them to kill a fawn or kill a calf the only time that often they'll get like spooked away by the herd but for mule deer especially the does will leave the fawns kind of as a safety measure and i feel like um, it, it obviously works, right? <laughs> They've evolved to do that. But for a lot of areas, uh, there's just too many bears that can find those fawns and it's an easy snack. So for me, I like to focus in on those areas and find those bears that are 
that's their primary food source and it is a reliable food source it's fairly easy to find too because elk and deer only in a few areas the primary places that they like to drop their calves are places where especially when it comes to elk places where there's easy food where they've got good cover where they've got everything kind of nearby and can also keep an eye on the herd when it comes to mule deer same thing right they've got it's going to be you know out of the snow more mild terrain than maybe some of that big backcountry cliffy rocky open stuff that you might hunt early in the season so you're going to be finding those more south facing slopes the more gentle terrain the kind of places that i described where maybe it's a new burn with it's got good new growth the good places for deer to hide but also kind of um everything that maybe a doe would need to take care of a fawn and a place to drop fawns and then they'll start to congregate right they concentrate where they're fawning because it's a safety in numbers game. If there's a bunch of eyes looking out, then they can kind of help protect the other deer or the other elk from predators. So I essentially use my optics and whatever to find the food source, the bait, the live bait, elk and deer, primarily groups with does and fawns, right? Because that's going to be what they're going to be. The bears are generally going to look at. It's a lot easier for them to take down a helpless fawn that's just hiding in the bushes than to run down a, a cow or a doe. So I like to find those areas that really have good concentrations of females that are fawning or calving. And that's something to focus on. Now, another food source, they'll start to switch from some of that. Uh, now you think about it like, okay, as the spring progresses, you get more and more food, you get more and more foliage. So now we got to think about places where maybe um, – something's a little more limited so i'll try to actually focus on those more open areas because there are other plant species that bears focus on in those calving areas things like um, you know different types of tubers and roots of different plants and balsam roots one it's like you see those yellow flowers on the hillside it's actually a good place to focus in on bears they actually like to really pick apart those flowers in between munching on calves and fawns but primarily you know if you think like bears are so driven by their stomachs all year round but there is a couple other things that i've noticed late in the spring that are really good to focus in on that you might not think about one of them is their wallowing habits so on hot days bears really like to cool down you think about wallowing you think of okay well it's what elk do and it's for elk it's more of a scent thing right they they urinate in the wallow they roll around in it they get all scented up it's like a perfume to attract cows well bears aren't necessarily doing it for that reason they're doing it to cool down they've got a large fur coat on it's moving into summertime late spring and you can get some pretty hot days so what do they do they drink water and then they roll around in the mud the water to cool down and then they'll go off get find a thick little patch to bed so what i found is middle of the day and throughout the day focusing in on those spots where there's water it could be a creek or a stream bed in an area it could also be um, i've found them in elk wallows and the reason that i actually found this tactic was because i decided to just put a trail camera on a elk wallow year round and see just i thought oh it'd be kind of interesting to see what happens throughout the year right through the winter time i'd caught wolves moving by deer going through moose in the early spring and then I started to notice, like, as the temperatures started getting hotter, it was, like, frequency of bear, 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 bear. And in one particular wallow, I had, like, as many as nine bears on one of these cameras. 
So it just really opened my eyes to saying, oh, that's just one little water source. And then there's a couple other places that I hunted where there wasn't as much water. And I'd be walking the creek up or down, you know, going in or out and spotting bears. I'm like, okay, I started to connect the dots and say, okay, later in the season, as that temperature gets hotter, if you hit it right, if you get those early summer weather, that early heat, focusing in on water sources and just kind of slow hunting or still hunting waterways finding areas where there's not a lot of water and focusing in on that water can actually be a really efficient way to narrow down where the bears are a certain time of year and that's you know with the right higher temperatures i'd say like 70 degrees and up but it depends on where you are and kind of like the terrain if it's really timbered and really thick country maybe you know higher temperatures but for the most part that late spring 65 70 degrees is plenty for to drive bears to that water source to cool down as well as to get a drink so it's not necessarily a place that you need to just sit on if you don't know bears are coming in and out of but maybe places to concentrate your efforts looking into those places saying like oh hey there's a wallow over here there's a creek in this drainage but there's not one in the other side it's really brushy and wet in here maybe i'll focus my attention there as opposed to somewhere else because it's narrowing down the places that bears are going to be now another thing to think about one thing is in that in the end of may through june is actually when bears rut now you think like deer and elk during the rut that's the most fired up time to hunt you'd almost think okay well it could be similar for bears uh, what i've found is bears are kind of interesting in their like breeding what will happen is i found an area where there's a sow and what you'll notice just like in observation is you might have a sow that's there and she's not ready she's not receptive so a boar will come in and you'll just pester her for a couple days and then he'll cruise and he'll move on but once that sow gets hot or is ready to breed then it's just like a, a boar magnet i've seen as many as well one time i was watching this meadow sow walks across or opening uh sow walks across here comes a boar on her tail like maybe 200 yards apart and then another boar and then a bigger boar at the back and when that first or the second when the middle boar got to the end he turned around and charged the other boar and they're up on their hind legs just fighting there's hair flying everywhere i was like that was pretty cool (laughs) that was a pretty cool encounter um but what that really showed me is you know when there's a a sow in the area that can be bred it's just like anything else it's like white tails it's like elk you know, there's going to be other bears in there. So one of the tactics I think about is if I've hunted early in the season and I say, oh, here's an area where there's a sow with maybe some cubs even, um, or a sow that's like, you know, maybe a bear that I passed up, but it's like maybe an area where I think that that bear will kind of hold up. There's a few times where I've done this, where I've seen early in the season, just like pockets of what I'd almost consider a nursery. It's just like bears that I'm not interested in, not big boars. And then I'll go back in there later in the season and I'll find that those bears are probably still in that little pocket or maybe that's their like kind of home range. And I'll start to notice other bears that are moving in, different boars kind of checking it out because they know that that's also a nursery or maybe they they smell those other bears in that area. But I will say that um, one thing I found is it's not necessarily like the like the rut for other things where, you know, they're they're on fire and you can use certain tactics it's just more of the fact that they're cruising around more and what that lends to is more of a, a time of day thing where i actually tend to see bears out at weird times 
when that's going on, just like anything else, like like elk or deer, you kind of they're a little bit more active in the daytime. So I'll see bears cruising more often. And so what I do is when I'm hunting later in the season, I'm actually kind of planning my hunt. I've I found a lot of bears from that like noon to three time period, which seems like a really weird time. It surprises me every time, but it's enough of a pattern at this point that there's something going on. It could be them moving to water. It could also be them moving for um, another bear. One thing to think about when you're hunting that later season, if you see a bear that's by itself and you go, ah, oh, that's not a bear I'm interested in, maybe it's a young bear, whatever, continue to watch that trail where that bear was moving through. Because if it was a sow, you, there's a very high likelihood that if you continue to watch that, another boar might pick up that scent and then move through that trail. There's been so many times where I've seen a bear and go, oh no, that's not a bear we're looking for. And then 15, 20 minutes later, an hour later, here comes another bear on that same trail and go, wait, is that the same? Oh, whoa, no, that's a big boar. And we move in and make it happen. So those are all things to think about and some really good tactics when it comes to focusing on bears the end of May and through June. I hope you guys enjoyed that and maybe gleaned a few tips about that late season. Maybe you got a bear tag in your pocket and you're like, ah, I didn't make it happen earlier in the year, but where you hunt still open. You know, utilize some of those things. Focus in on uh, essentially bear buffets, those places where elk and deer are calving. And then also thinking about some other tactics. If it gets hot out, you know, uh, bear hunting in the heat sucks. But maybe think about focusing on water. Or maybe go back to an area where you saw bears but nothing you could shoot. Uh, maybe it's just an area with sows. And, and then focus in on there and see if maybe something else has moved into that spot. So just a few things to think about. And, and I definitely wanted to hit on some late spring bear hunting because we got so many questions about bears and bear tactics in the Q&A. So today, if you're listening, it's a Thursday at noon Pacific time. I'm going to be doing another Q&A. So go on my social media, on my Instagram story, and I'll probably even do another post of where to call in, how to call in while that's live, right? So you'll call in, and the way it works, just if you haven't done it, and you want to try calling in this time, you call in, there's like a waiting room with maybe 20 or 30 people, and then those people are in, and while you're on the phone, you can actually hear the the recording. So it's not, we'll, we'll actually broadcast the Q&As the following week or later, but um, while you're on there, you can hear the questions and everybody else. So it's kind of like you get your own little private uh, podcast, and then as people uh go on the phone we drop them off and so there if you don't get through you can keep trying to call because you might end up catching another spot later so i really enjoy that aspect of being able to talk to a lot of people and um and just hear kind of your thoughts and things that you want to know so if you've got hunting questions today is a good time to call in we'll do the call in live q a so make sure to catch that if you're listening to this recording later you'll have to catch it on the next time so yeah, I try to do them on Thursday so the people that are like on it and listen to it Thursday morning are the ones that know about when we're going to do the live Q&A. So give that, a, give that a try. I'd love to talk to you. If, you know, if you've got questions, maybe you drew a tag, you've got questions about how to proceed, what you've got. Love to, love to see what you guys got out there and the questions that you have. Also, if that's not possible, you can always ask me questions or reach out via social media, Instagram, um, is generally the preferred one, but whatever. 
uh, feel free to ask questions. And, and just seeing those questions sometimes gives me ideas on the things that we're going to talk about in future podcasts. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Feel free, as always, share your success stories with me, uh, success photos, or those times where it was close and you used a tactic that almost worked or did work. I love to hear about that. So I appreciate you all. Um, also, if you, if wherever you listen, feel free to subscribe, give us a comment rating. That always helps. But until next week, I'm just going to say... Bear with me. (laughs) All right. Catch you guys later.